Today, I hold back my impending madness as we attempt to outlast the trials of the veiled homebody. This and more on episode 176 of Indie Game Wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, I am Josh back once again with episode 176. I am joined by Vance and not Rev. Unfortunately, he's dealing with some health issues, uh, so he's being a baby about it in the hospital. Um, but I am joined by Ian in his stead. Uh, honestly, though, not nothing against Rev. Obviously, he but he has been self-proclaimed as as a person who's not uh, a fan of indie games. He doesn't do or not <laughs> of indie games. Whoa! 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 Whoa. The scandalous century! <laughs> oh my god! He's like drop that bomb. <laughs> Wait till he's off the show. Man, I think that guy doesn't even like indie games. Why do you think he's in the hospital? I put him there. <laughs> like, yeah, we found out. Uh, no, he's a, he's not a fan of horror games is what I meant to say. So, uh, and, you know, it kind of works out. I, you know what? Maybe this his uh, his health condition that that's going on, maybe maybe that was just a, 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 an excuse. Maybe he came up with that to get out of his homework because he didn't want to play these games. That's what it is. <laughs> We don't believe you, Rev. <laughs> He's sitting there watching in pain. Uh, <laughs> like, the says, I don't like indie games. Now he says I'm malingering. Like, what the fuck? Uh, but Ian is uh, very much into horror games, so much so that he's like the most desensitized person I've ever met when it comes to horror. Um, although, I, after so many years of, of knowing you, uh, there have been, I think, a couple of games that have gotten you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you it is possible to startle me. You got to do it in a way that's not like, like if I walk up to a cave, I'm gonna expect like a bunch of bats to fly out. You got to do something like better than that. Um, <laughs> but man, the thing is, if you his can, own like, really mom get in the nude movie, will get him. That's what's got to come out. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh, what's going on. That's why Ian's here instead of Rev. Um, but it is the Halloween edition, IGR Halloween edition 2023, so we've got a lineup of three excellent horror games uh, for each segment, and uh, no news this week that we really wanted to cover, <clears throat> so we're just going to have a discussion once we get there uh, after this. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, my personal week leading up to this, um, I uh, have dealt with stomach issues, so I kind of fell behind there. But, uh, so I didn't really get to be productive much. I did get to play some games. A lot of AAA, actually. I know, dirty, dirty, dirty. Um, I got to play, like, Alan Wake and stuff like that. Or Alan Wake 2, excuse me. Um, and then, uh, obviously, uh, step back into the, these horror games that we had today. Um, and then, obviously, trick-or-treating today. Which, uh, was, it's always fun having to walk for miles, uh, lugging around my children's candy and then complaining that they can't see. <laughs> through their masks um but it was a good time overall Lug lugging around their candy no 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 you have the the whole trial of trick-or-treat is carrying your own damn candy well the problem you can't is carry it you don't get to eat it the problem is, is that it doesn't fit in their bags either after a certain point <laughs> so i have to bring like like utility or like an extra like grocery bag for each of them and then oh they God. dump it in there halfway through damn, how much a yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, I never got that much candy at Halloween. Yeah, I, I got it quite a bit, but I used to go around with like a pillowcase that so was like double the size, and I did haul my own fucking candy, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I do take my dad tax, so, you know, I, 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 the reason we were a little late today is because I had to stop and, and uh, you know, check their candy, because obviously you're going to want a little bit. Um, before yeah, it's you know, late. take out the uh, Reese's peanut butter cups and uh... <laughs> my kids got they, got they got some king size ones, man. My daughter got a king size Reese's. I was like, mm, shit. Mm. 
but uh, I did take a little bit, and that's that's one of the one of the perks. Um, do you guys do anything for Halloween? No, I no. fell asleep, and so I kind of I was gonna go down to the uh, the local game store and play some Magic the Gathering. Some people were bringing Halloween themed decks, and we're gonna play down there. But I actually woke up, uh, took a nap, and woke up too late to go, so I didn't do anything. Old people problems. I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that said, we don't have any news. But we're still going to inject the news into our systems anyway. Any news injection? We're gonna make our own news. <laughs> Red doesn't like indie games. <laughs> breaking. Yeah, we, just, we just make up the news. <laughs> Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why then give yourself an indie news injection? Thanks, indie games. This week on Indie News Injection, there is no legitimate news. We're just going to talk about stuff, some fun stuff. And this week we're going to talk about, uh, since it's Halloween, what do you think some of the best indie horror games of all time are? Uh, I know Ian's probably got plenty God. in mind. It's probably hard to choose from. Vance, I'm not too sure about. You don't play a ton of horror games. Yeah, uh, it's not It's not really so much my thing, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what? What? Oh, go ahead. What is your experience in horror gaming in general? Um, <clears throat> I am not a huge fan of the traditional sort of horror games. The ones that are like you know first person. I know you um, hate first person. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I definitely hate <laughs> first person. But it's like, you know, you walk around this kind of creepy environment and. Just, you know, and some of them are shooters, which I'm not a big fan of either. Uh, some of them are not. I don't know. Uh, um, I was going to mention one okay. game that, uh, a game series, in fact, but the first one is the best one, is the, the Trilby series. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. By obvi obviously, yeah, by, by Yahtzee, back before he was doing all the stuff that he's doing now, he made that series of uh, Trilby games. The first one is Five Nights a Stranger, and uh, it's just a masterfully crafted uh, horror game because it captures the real tension and fear and mystery of horror rather than just, you know, here's a bunch of horrific things blood and uh, pentagrams and things. Just and, didn't you know, go with the cliche, which is. Yeah, it's, so it was more just like the horror of isolation and slowly discovering um, sort of horrible things and the lack of knowledge about your situation. And, you know, there's some parts that, uh, you know, have a little bit of blood or gore here, but for the most part, it is horror that... I, it, that I I consider to be like horror done right, mm. right? It's it's not just flashing a bunch of you know gore and monsters in your face. <clears throat> you know that sounds. I've never played the games, and actually, it sounds interesting interesting to me because some of my favorite media in general are those ones where where they. I don't know if they're necessarily low budget, but like the ones that are. Some of them are just like in a room for the entire movie type of situation or in just one enclosed area and that isolation where you have no contact with anyone on the outside is really terrifying to me. Uh, and th those are some of my favorites. So maybe I'll go check that out uh, sometimes. Oh, you yeah, you, know, you should. It is, it's a very good uh, series. And the first one I think is, is the best one, but there are quite a few after that. Um, the main ones in the series are like, uh, so there's Five Nights of Strangers, the first one, there's, Seven. Seven days. I, I, seven days. Yeah, a skeptic. Sacrifice seven, skeptic. Or yeah, the skeptic is the third one. Somewhere. Yeah, the third one is something. Six days of sacrifice. Skeptic is the third one. I think. Yeah, those are like the main three, and then there's some spin-off stuff. But anyway, at least the main three are very worth playing, especially the first one. I wonder if you would so, like Darkwood though. <clears throat> I don't Which know. Is, I, you should check that out. I mean, it's a difficult game, but it's. It, I feel like that would be kind of more in your 
comfort zone as far as just general gaming goes with point-and-click adventure. It's not necessarily a point-and-click, but it's definitely... Um, it's top down. It's 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 and it has it's like a roguelite kind of. Is it more like roguelite? adventure game? It's like it's like a roguelite meets an adventure game, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's procedural, but your tasks are sort of adventure yeah. slash survival horror. It's definitely narrative uh, heavy. I, I yeah. feel like you might enjoy it. Like it reaches out of your comfort zone a bit, but it's still kind of in there enough where I think you might it might help you enjoy like that that just game in general um so that's my suggestion to you since you gave me one i think yeah yeah uh i i've liked uh, you know horror movies in the past especially like really low budget ones like like the video dead and cannibal corpse and shit like that right you know <laughs> because they're funny and also like the, yeah I, I don't like things that are too seriously horror and not because they're scary, it's just because it, horror is funny. It should be funny to I me. Wonder, did you, <laughs> did you, you didn't get a chance to play Homebody then, right? Because you were busy with your, uh, with no, your I, yeah, no, I was very, very busy. I think when you get a chance, I mean, we're going to talk about it, obviously, but I think when you get a chance, you should check it out. That's another one I think you actually would enjoy, okay. um, based on what you just said. Um, it, it's definitely, it's definitely serious horror, but not because it takes itself seriously necessarily. I mean, there are some, you know, it's serious topics and it is scary, but there are some, con you know, there's some comedy in there and it's not first person. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's not really a combat type of game. It's, it's more puzzly actually. So I think you might enjoy it. Um, Ian, what about you? I, I'm actually kind of wondering. Oh what man, you're... it's a very hard thing for me to choose because I have, I mean, I have love for, just about all flavors of horror and just about all flavors of horror games. And so for me, it's like, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, there are the big, you know, hitters like your, you know, of, of like, uh, you know, the latter day, like, uh, you know, Amnesia and Outlast. I will say that like um, horror indie tends to, in my experience, you, you get these big trends, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So like something drops and everything sort of, you know, imitates that for a while and then somebody, you know, iterates on it and then, you know, so you get a lot of content and sort of maybe slower, you know, advancement. I feel like we're still in the in the like aftermath of amnesia. And like where you're starting to see people breaking away from that is interestingly enough um going backwards, right? And like, you know, doing like pastiches of older uh, you know, horror games, mm -hmm. which is interesting in its own right. Um, <clears throat> you know, but it, you know, it would be interesting to see, uh, you know, sort of some, uh, you know, one thing I do, I do like, uh, you know, so a good indie horror game that I, I enjoyed, uh, a lot that I felt like really stood out was, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm, yeah. um, I like that one too. Yeah. You know, because of the way it uses horror to subvert, um, mm -hmm. the visual novel sort of, but you, you know, anime visual novel. But even trip. that, like you mentioned, like that, the, the trends that come off of these successful games and even that has spawned like, uh, Oh yeah. I forget. Oh, there yeah. was one about like talking vegetables in a cabin that had something to do with the Baba Yaga or something like that. Uh, it was all, it was good, but it was very much inspired by that. And it's, it's, you can oh, see sure. it. Um, of something like uh, another another good one that really stood out to me recently uh, was Inscription, which you recommended to me, uh, Josh, which I thought was really cool and again distinctive. Um, it's a card game, and I don't tend to like card games, but uh, I liked the way it was presented. It was very easy and accessible, and the experience, like, uh, yeah, the the whole was greater than the sum of the card game. I guess uh, yeah. for me, so that's like. Uh, good one another like uh, uh you know interesting and unique one i played relatively recently was called duskers which oh, is you know sort of a roguelike about you know you're like salvaging spaceships at, we, at the end of the universe i think we covered that one a long time ago if i'm not mistaken yeah so that that stuff you know definitely stands out and is and is more distinctive but i also i love outlast you know i had a blast playing outlast that was one of the first games i i 
play when I was like transitioning back to PC gaming from my days of owning a, a MacBook and an Xbox, basically, right? Yeah. Um, but then, like, going even further back, like, uh, you know, there's some great, you know, sort of, I guess, I mean, I would qualify them as, as indie, even though they sort of predate the, the you know, distinction between the, the big companies and the little companies um, in, like, the point-and-click genre. So there's, like, one game that I, uh, you know, played when I was very little, um, but have returned to it, you know, frequently since then. I actually have it installed on my computer right now from some abandoned website called Amber uh, Journeys Beyond. And it's, you know, basically a mist-like ghost hunting game. It's very spooky, and it was made by, you know, a husband and wife team back in, like, the mid-90s, right? Um, and, uh, you know, so that's, uh, you know, a good one from, from back in the day. I mean, man, the, but the, the truth is, I mean, I could fucking rattle them off forever. I mean, there's so many good indie horror games. And Cry of Fear... That's one that everybody often mentions and is super fucking cool. Uh, uh, and that, then there's the whole like. Well, I was gonna say, Cry of Fear kind of uh, is unique from from a bunch of other ones for a long time, just because it was a wasn't a mod at first. From it was something. a Half Life Two mod, I'm yeah, sure. yeah, Half Life Two mod, and it, it kind of was like a free, uh, janky. I don't know, like, like it was just it. It really feels like that started off that where things like the original Slenderman came out of, and stuff like SCP uh, started spawning off of. Obviously, those things spawned off of like urban legend stuff from from websites uh, like SCP Foundation, Creepypasta, stuff like that. But the idea of combining that with with that free like just throw it out there type of game um i feel like that's where that came from that, that cry of fear because i can't think of anything before that that kind of had that just like low budget feel but they knew how to handle you know what they were what they were trying to do they 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 threw everything they had at it what based on their resources yeah, I mean, as far as being, like, something spawned sort of purely out of the modding community, like, it is certainly notable in that regard. Um, you know, uh, even something like, um, you know, Penumbra, I mean, Frictional was, you know, I mean, it was a tiny studio, but it was still a proper studio with, like, a business manager and, like, yeah. you know, shit like that. Whereas, you know, as far as I know, you know, yeah, Cry of Fear... They may have, uh, you know, gotten more organized later on. I'm not sure, but you know, most I don't purely think so, on the modding scene. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe so either. I think it's, it, you know, it's always been just a product of the modding scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, shit. What a hard, what a hard question to answer. I mean, I, you can go off in a million different directions. Yeah, because, right? because like, like cause, I mean, some of my favorite games. Um, as far some of my favorite indie horror games are really like I love haunted houses like ghost story type stuff so we covered Visage a while back and then I ended up playing uh, a little bit f um, with uh, with you guys uh, yeah yeah Casey, back in uh, what was that like last year I think yeah um, so those types types of games were kind of really uh, tickle my fancy but I think as far as like greatest of all time, because you're talking about like the games that that started trends, and you can kind of break them up into eras almost. Like, and I have it on the picture over that way. Um, so like like Amnesia was some of the earliest as far as indie gaming goes that I can think of personally. I know there were some before, but like as far as like when when indie gaming was. Separated. Well, there's before Amnesia, and then there's after Amnesia, right, right. really. Like, I mean, it really was such a staple, uh, such a pillar. And, and I think I think what it is is that Amnesia was the first one to take advantage of YouTube virility. So, like, uh, you know, because, like, I remember specifically, like, Amnesia came out, and they took so much advantage of, like... Uh, of let's players playing their game and freaking out like this is the scariest game of all time and then they would have these trailers of people like losing their minds playing this game i remember that very vividly 
So I think that's really where that cutoff is for previous indie games, you know, pre-amnesia. Uh, and obviously they have number and stuff like that, but, but pre-amnesia uh, and post-amnesia. And then, I, and then you can kind of break it up from, from there, and then like things like Slender Man came out, SCP Foundation, uh, where people were making these free and some, you know, eventually not uh, free ones. Like I think they made a, so I think Slender Man: The Arrival was like the nicer, like more. That uh, was the sequel, right? It was like the, the more polished one. That, that yeah. um, and that and that spawned a ton of shit like. From other creepy pastas and things like that, and other SCP stories, uh, and then there's like FNAF, which everyone knows FNAF, um, Five Nights at Freddy's, and and everything that spawned off of that. And really, that, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that came from that, as far as like mascot horror goes. Right now, Poppy yeah. Playtime is a big one. I think is probably one of the biggest ones, if not the biggest one. Garden of Ban Ban um, popped off of that, but that was like the first one. I don't even know what the you've mentioned Poppy's Playtime before, but I've like, I think I know it's got like the sort of like Muppet looking creature, right? That's, that's the well, that's one of the, the uh, Huggy Wuggy. It's like a blue toothy, like lanky, yeah, lanky thing. yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realize that was so big, but it is very big right now. Um, and honestly, it's not a bad game. It's I enjoy it. And there is lore. It, it's a little bit, it's a little bit baity. Um, I think for 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 theory uh, conversation, but um, it's not bad. It, the biggest thing is like uh, I remember a while ago they um, started trying to do like they were basically locking lore behind purchasing NFTs and things like that, uh, which obviously did not go well um, PR wise. But uh, but yeah, so like FNAF not only spawned the mascot horror genre, but they also really uh, created the the fan game explosion, right? So many fan games came off of that, and and to their credit, that was like one thing that Scott Cawthon was like, no, we gotta, because you know the, everyone's always worried about protecting their IP and stuff like that. But he made a point that he wanted the community to be able to make these fan games um, and make them well. Like he he um, was very supportive of that of the community making that, and it's kind of helped i think uh, aspiring horror game devs to really start to hone their their craft because there's some quality stuff that came out of it um and and people getting started even if it wasn't quality it's 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 just cool to see that uh allow the allow the industry to grow so um so you know, you, you, even if you're not fans of those games, you can't really deny the fact their their effect on the industry. As and, and in which case, based on that, you can consider some of the greatest of all times just because of their uh, impact. Is what I'm getting at. Any other uh, games you guys want to like mention honorably? Oh, I mean, man, indie horror. Um, oh, I'll call out uh, Anatomy by Kitty Horror Show. That's a fantastic uh, haunted house game. You really like? Uh, I would consider it horror, but um, well, I can't think of the name. The really hard one, where you're like timed. What the hell? Oh, uh, uh, the void, pathologic, 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 and pathologic. Yeah, well, so, no, so this is actually an interesting point that that ties into something that sort of sticks in my craw, you know, because I, 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 you know, I hear your, your um, lament, um, Vance, about, like, there's, like, very much a main line of horror where it all really looks the same, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, I mean, it's, it's just what you said. It's, like, first person, you know, creepy environment, um, you know, blah, 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 whatever. It's all, like, amnesia and PT inspired, whatever. Um, but this is like an issue that I see in horror, uh, across the board in movies, you know, whatever. Um, you have like, like, yeah, you have that main line. And then, you know, when you start to get like deviation, everybody's like, oh, it's not really horror. It's not really horror. <laughs> and man, it just keeps the definition so narrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so something like Pathologic is like a really interesting example. I would classify that as a horror game, um, you know, insofar as it, it makes you know, me focuses, 
Yeah, well, it, it focuses on, you know, first of all, you know, it, it engages with, like, what I would call, like, maybe depressive themes, right? You know, nihilistic themes. And it does so, you know, through an exploration of, like, terrible things that can happen to a human body, right? I think that's, you know, I think that qualifies one as horror, you know, even though... You know, in its presentation, what it is is it's like the simula simulation of this sort of magical realist plague that besets this, um, you know, you know, Eastern European Eastern European steppe village, um, and uh, you know, but man, you know, that's fucking, you know, but you know, I that and the void, which is again another sort of like surreal horror uh, experience, again, very you know, difficult and taxing. I mean, you know, those are two of the most sort of unique, uh, you know, games that you're going to find out there. And, like, Ice Pick Lodge is definitely interfacing with, you know, themes of horror. And, you know, if you're looking for something more obvious to indicate that that's the case, they had that game Knock Knock, right? Which is much more, you know, at a glance, much more traditional sort of gothic horror, even though its mechanics are very, like, you know, strange yeah, and out there. Game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I played that game extensively and not finished it, and I'm not even sure I entirely understand how to play it, <laughs> despite, uh, <laughs> despite having played it for a while. But that's one of the things that's uh, that's great about Ice Pick Lodge, is they're always like... I mean, honestly, I mean, they make Hideo Kojima look like Todd Howard. I don't know. <laughs> you know? What are you doing? Uh... Well, but yeah, so that's a great that that is a great uh, horror game, I would say as well. Yeah, pathologic. I haven't played the second one, but it looks uh, very pretty. Well, well, there you go, everyone. A, uh, a a group of selected, recommended horror indie games for you all to play uh, tonight and tonight only, because after this, it's it's uh, Halloween's over and uh, never again until next year uh, on Halloween. But I guess you could play it if you really want to. That said, it's time to start the ride. This week on Starting the Riot, we are talking about uh, a game called Homebody. Homebody um, is developed by Game Grumps, of all people. So, uh, obviously a successful... YouTube channel, uh, who has, I guess, uh, created their own game development division. They, they previously made a, another game called Dream Daddy, which is like a, a dating sim where you get to date the daddy of your dreams. Uh, I have actually played that, by the way, but uh, that's not... Uh, that's not that's neither shit. here nor there. We'll <laughs> discuss that after hours. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's NSFW IDR. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you sneak away when your wife is asleep. <laughs> I have my I have my favorite daddy. Just so everyone knows, just... don't we all? <laughs> it's me. Um, so anyway, Homebody is uh, uh, the the most recent game from them, and I'm trying to pull up the uh, fucking information that I can talk about here. Um, so essentially, it kind of it pays homage to slasher films of the 80s but it doesn't take itself so seriously there's a lot of puzzles um throughout the game um there's a lot of i would say i would say there's a lot of social and, and emotional commentary throughout this for the with the main character that you're playing as a lot of uh social anxiety i think involved um and the the person who is very uh not introspective is not the right word. Who, who, who's who's uh, not a not a people person, obviously. Introverted. Uh, introverted. Thank you. Um, comes to this uh, get together at this house and uh, is is subsequently murdered. It's almost like a roguelike, I would say, um, in a way too, because you it's it's in a time loop as you're playing this. So you get murdered, you start over, and got to try it again. And the game never ever. Uh, the game never ever uh, pauses. So if you're playing a puzzle, trying to further yourself in the story, you could just get straight up murdered while you're on the computer playing whatever puzzle game it's got going on. 
Um, and you have to be cognizant of that and pay attention to the noises around you and uh, keep checking outside of the game and, and everything like that. Uh, on top of that, too, you're, you're working with your... Uh, there's, like, dialogue trees where you're talking to these people and, and try, kind of working your... Um, social dynamic with the group of friends there's a history between you and, and some uh, some of the other uh, friends in the group that you kind of work your way through um, just overall really interesting mechanics mixed with the puzzling and, and just oh it's got tank controls too so I should warn you about that uh, which you know obviously takes inspiration from, from the old school um horror games of, of what the 90s I guess so be aware of that it is a difficult game I would say um, currently it is on sale for looks like it's, another... it's mandatory tank controls I think there might be options to change it um, I think the tank controls though do lend themselves to the the horror of the game to you know try and get away from uh, the killer from, you know, room to room and everything like that. There's no, like, loading screen transitions, but, you know, it, the the camera angles are definitely um, odd and, and purposefully so to, to make it uncomfortable. One thing to mention, because everything that happens in the game, like the people that you're with, they can get murdered as well, so that would, like, end anything you had going on with them, obviously. Um, and you kind of sometimes have to watch that you hide in a closet for instance and you're looking through the slats in the closet and that person could just be like walking around completely unaware if you haven't told them yet or make them aware uh and just the killer comes up behind them and stabs the shit out of them in front of you you know that's the sort of things that can happen so you, you have to figure out basically the right turn of events solve the puzzles throughout the game without getting killed um to make your way and try and save yourself and your friends hopefully um, so, you know, anything can happen at any time in that game based on your actions and, and the timing of everything. And, uh, it is a stressful game. I will, I will say that. Um, to... Is it one of these games where, like, the goal is that you're working towards, like, a perfect run? Like, Deathloop, sort of? I think so, but I don't think it's, I don't think that's mandatory necessarily, but, but, uh, I think that's, like, the ultimate goal. Like, obviously you want to save your friends unless you just really hate that bitch Becky. Or, I don't know if there's a Becky in there, actually. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like, there's, you're mostly trying to save yourself, but obviously you're trying to save as many people as you can throughout the game. Um, and you're just working over and over until you, you get to that point. Um, like I said, it is on sale right now for another couple of days, uh, as of our recording session. Uh, 51% off actually, which is really a steal. 9.99. Normally it's 19.99. So if you're gonna get it, this is the time. Because um, it, it wasn't that long ago it came out. It was. It's only been. Uh, it came out in June, so you know it's only been uh, less than six months um, that's been out. Um, highly recommend that. Uh, yeah. Any other questions for for Homebody? Yeah. Sounds uh, it sounds very interesting. It uh, it, it's uh, looking at the screenshots. It, it I was not you know aware that it had the mechanics that you were describing because it's sort of like a spitting like a dead ringer for like Resident Evil except sort of cute. I De guess is, definitely is that the right word for it. Like, I mean, kind, I mean, I I wouldn't call it cute, but it's definitely got like a. It's got like a whimsy, yeah. a whimsical sort of stylization to it. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it's definitely inspired by that, yeah. Um, just to kind of, so like, and give you an idea, it's like one of the very first puzzles that you come across. It's not even a, a puzzle, but you're playing Minesweeper on a, on a computer, basically. And, uh, I, I think at that point, you probably aren't even aware that there's a killer in the house. Um, and I'm not gonna spoil story points either as far as like why or how or whatever, but at that point, you're not aware. And all of a sudden, you'll just, like, hear creaking around you, you know? And, uh, you know, if you are if you take a peek, you never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Right. It's really... And it changes every time, honestly. But there's... there's uh, whew, that, that sort of stuff, it stresses me out, but that sort of stuff, too, just uh, having things sneak up on me really sends a, a shiver up my spine. Um, 
So it, I don't know. I, I think the horror in this game is is very effective. Um, yeah. And and Vance, I I recommended this to you. You know, just hearing about it, and I don't know if yeah. you're watching. Well, the, the you just play, you just said that you can play Minesweeper in it, so I I already sold. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just you just play Minesweeper, yeah. and that's it. yeah. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm not gonna do the rest of the game. Just uh... <laughs> getting murdered while playing Minesweeper Simulator. <laughs> Yes, That's how exactly. I want to die. <laughs> Playing Minesweeper, what a what a way to go. Uh, well, I'm glad you like that. Um, yeah, I I mean, it's, without spoiling like further, oh, I keep messing up with the video there. Without spoiling uh, further story story points or anything like that, I don't unfortunately have a, a ton more to say about it. I feel like it's kind of short lived, but. Uh, um, it, it's really something you should play for yourself to to get the full experience, honestly. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, peep show. This week on Peep Show, I uh, should have come up with another a better transition in the last one Ian in between segments had come up with a much better transition for peep show. And I want to point Good that out. Man. I want to recognize you. He said, speaking of, that. speaking of peeking through the slats in the closet, it's time that you're hiding show. in that you're hiding in. It's time for peep show. And he, you see, he did it so much better. So kudos to you. Uh, you get a raise. I feel, so seen. I feel so excellent. A whole, a whole 25% raise. Yeah. 25%, 25% of zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, anyway, another game that you can peep th uh, through slats in is uh, The Outlast Trials, which is what we're doing on Peep Show this week. So The Outlast Trials, and I'm sorry, Vance, I know you said if you're rich, then you're not indie, according to your opinion. Mm -hmm. That's just your opinion, man. Um, is uh, Red Barrels, you know, because Red Barrels is a, at this point... Home, hometown heroes, man. Yeah. Montreal. <laughs> Native Canadian there. Um, yep. <laughs> God damn it. All right. But yeah, so uh, Outlast Trials uh, from Red Barrels of Outlast fame. Outlast 1 and 2. This is their third installment within the Outlast series. Although, it does not have to do... I mean, it's still part of the... Uh, I can't... The Murkoff the, story. Thank you, the Murkoff story. Yeah. Um, it is not like a, a reporter looking into it or whatever. That you know, It's not a first-person, single-player you know linear narrative this is a multiplayer uh survival game where uh you are uh basically who was someone who was i believe tricked into joining you're like a, a homeless person right. who was like basically yeah coerced into evil experimentation right. by the Murkoff so they throw you into this into this uh facility and you get your own little room where you can like uh, as you play the games, you can level up and get these like in-game currencies to like to get the uh, you know various outfits and decorate your room. You uh, you join in on you know like a central hub where your your character and your room uh, go into. There is uh, a legacy mechanic there where you know the more you play, the the better your character levels up with different abilities and uh, you you know there's like a guy that gives you these packs that you wear into every mission that help you you know with certain abilities like um like seeing enemies through walls or healing people or stunning enemies things like that uh, i think one's like even like like invisibility or something like that um and that was the one i think if that if that's the one that's the one that we didn't really use a lot when we played um there's another one where you get like prescription meds that I guess help you uh, in various missions and things like that. Right now it is in early access, so there's not full. They don't have like the full array of maps that they're planning out. They don't have um, all the game modes, I believe, if if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe they're gonna have seasons if they don't already uh, going on, like like they do in a lot of these multiplayer games. But anyway. The main gist of it is that you and your friends, who are the people that are thrown in this facility and being experimented on, to become, I guess, essentially weapons, if I'm not mistaken? Like, they're trying to, like, it's, wipe your mind? It, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I mean, I sort of... My, my assumption is that they're, like, you know, being... 
manipulated into variants of some form. Um, but there are also already variants there who are bad guys. So, you know. Some of the bad guys, I will say, man, some of the bad guys have the best one-liners in this game that I've heard. The, oh my god, the, the cop is so fucking funny. The cop, and then there's like this, uh, what was the song about crack in one of the... Oh my god, I can't even remember how it went, but it was it was amazing. Yeah, it's it's really well done with the writing. Um, but anyway, as you're going through these, uh, these trials, as they call them, um, you have different goals. So like one of them is to uh, punish what was it it was it was something about punishing the uh the snitch i think kill the snitch is what it's called um so you find this guy who um is is planning on snitching i guess and uh you have to transport him throughout the level uh to the end you know safely without getting murdered uh, and there's these like big dudes coming after you big naked dudes you know there's, so there's dicks and dangles uh, flying all classic around the place. Outlast. Yeah, classic Outlast. <laughs> um, there's this cop who likes to, he you know he has like some like weird electrocuting people's assholes fetish. I don't know. <clears throat> That's his punishment. There's a what what do you call the gas man? I forget. Oh, his name. um, um, I forget his name. Fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some sort of, like, ridiculous name. Yeah, there's a guy that comes up with a gas man, uh, or who, like, sprays you with gas and makes you go insane, and you start losing your shit. Uh, Skinner Man. Skinner Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, sometimes it seems like, depending on, because as you're going through the trials, there are different goals that you have, and some of them involve pushing the difficulty up to get, you know, various uh, rewards or whatever. And there are times where I get it's supposed to be difficult, but damn, some of them are like relentless with the enemies. Like they, you just cannot like, you can hide in places, you know, a la Outlast, the Outlast games as usual. But you, if you pop your fucking head out of there for one second, they're on your ass and it's like constant and it can get frustrating. I will say that. So, so sometimes I feel like there might be some balance issues there. Um, maybe that's just me, but, uh, but overall, it is, even when it's not like that, it is scary enough and stressful enough to uh, be be very good horror in, in, in a very Outlast way for those of you who have played Outlast before. Um, how do you feel about it, Ian, since you've played it as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, it, it definitely delivers. And what I really liked about it was seeing, like, you know, a sort of established you know uh studio that sort of has you know uh this this formula down and has their own spin on it sort of finally i mean there have been so many like micro indie you know takes on the like you know multiplayer stealth horror experience it was really nice to see um you know uh red barrels come in and just do like a really you know highly polished you know professional variation on that um you know, and uh, if you like Outlast, I mean, you're you're gonna like the Outlast Trials, I think. I, you know, unless you're unless you're like literally allergic to, you know, multiplayer gaming. Well, that's, and, that's you know, one of the most impressive things about this game is because I, you know, my attitude towards a lot of multiplayer games. I'm just not a huge fan, generally speaking. But they took they took a very good horror format and put it into multiplayer, and I was very, I was very cautious when I heard about that. But but. I, I was optimistic about it because of Red Barrel's track record and they really did a good job. I mean, like even with the, the, the multiplayer pitfalls that tend to happen, like the, like I said, the in-game currency and all that stuff, it's nothing really feels forced to me as far as, um, you know, making you progress in a way that, that would require you to pay or require you to grind more than necessary. Like it, the, the the trials themselves are actually really long. You know, we're talking like two plus hours. It seems like to complete them. That could just be us though, because we're like crawling around constantly, moving at you know, moving inch by inch as we're going through. Yeah, levels. once you're, I mean, once you're like high level play in that game, probably moves pretty quickly. I would assume, but like some of the levels are pretty disorienting. <clears throat> I mean, I find I find the Outlast games to be on the tougher, you know, side of the because like. 
you know, something like Amnesia is always like, it's always sort of cheating for you in the background, right? Like, oh, you died to this enemy a couple of times, like now it's not there anymore. Oh, you're being chased, but you're not really being chased, right? It's just to psych you out. Like Outlast, if you're being chased, you're being fucking chased. And whatever <laughs> catches you is going to kill you, like, yeah. you know? Um, and its enemies are very aggressive and it doesn't really cut you any breaks. Um, and all of that is true here. But I do think, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I agree with you that, that the enemies are like super relentless. And uh, I don't know, I think part of that might just be the kinds of content that session-based gamers look for, right? Because mm -hmm. they're they're just constantly trying to like, you know, they're they're like playing these matches again and again and again and getting better and better and better. And they just want to like sort of master it. That's never been the kind of gamer that I am, even in games that where that's like, you know, perhaps more appealing, like like the Hitman games, right? Yeah. I'm the kind of guy who like plays the Hitman games for the story, you know, or, or plays the mission to do it the way I want, but I'm not like trying to get like perfect runs. But I feel like in a lot of like session-based gamings, that's what people are really pushing for. And so in Outlast Trials, I assume that the difficulty spikes are really made to cater to those types. Yeah. That, that that's my biggest complaint personally but but it's not like anything that would you know if i'm not someone as someone who doesn't really care about like you said getting that all the dailies or weekly rewards or whatever they they've got going on like they do in multiplayer games it, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily forced on you to do that um we did because we just wanted to try it out and it was uh it was pretty fucking awful for uh, when it comes to stress and, and everything like that. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention, too, was <clears throat> one of the very first times that... Actually, the very first time that we played it, we didn't know that this was a thing, but uh, the fake players that come oh, yeah. out... There are, there are, the game will send out these players that have... Similar but not identical usernames over their heads. So you could walk up to this guy thinking it's like one of your friends that you're playing with, but it's just a letter off, so you might not notice it. And they will just shank the shit out of you right then and there. And it's it's scary because you, you're not expecting it. And then uh, they're actually kind of hard to get away from, um, to be honest. It's a pretty brilliant fucking mechanic, I think, honestly. <laughs> it comes, it's um, kind of funny sometimes, too. Just like uh, One of our friends named Wizfish, who has a YouTube channel as well, so you, if you heard of him. Um, but, you know, he, <laughs> a lot of times his his name will come out Jizzfish or something like that. I don't know. It just <laughs> it just uh, hits my, my funny bone just right when <laughs> shit like that happens, to be honest. And it's funny because, I mean, you want to you wanna play it as a team, and get everyone out, but <laughs> I am probably the worst teammate out of everyone, just because I'm a little bitch. And uh, so when when my life is on the line in this game, and there is one hiding spot, my ass would be like mine. <laughs> see, he'll get there. He'll get there. Like, like I'll, I'll we'll see it. We'll both go. Oh shit! It's like the Skinner Man or whatever. And I'll turn around. This dude's already in the fucking trash can. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, it's got nowhere to go. See, so he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> it pisses it pisses them off sometimes I think but I think it's funny. Uh also I I like I said I don't want to die. Well then so. you then you get a, then you like get A pluses and shit. You get like the <laughs> highest fucking score. It's yeah. like Yeah, you get oh graded you get graded for uh for doing Clearly like, that's because abilities. he's the most skilled. Exactly. Right? You are the most skilled. If you were you good enough in the Exactly. Right, of course. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you, Vance. That's that's the real test. Like you should be doing what I do, and actually, he's done it to me too. Just the you know, because uh, you know, fuck me for doing that before, which is uh, fair enough. Um, oh man, some of the mechanics too. They like it. It forces you. So like you're trying to be quiet. As I'm watching the gameplay, it's just reminding me of stuff too. It's, it's such a good game. Um, but you're trying to be quiet this whole time. But the mechanics and the things that you have to do in the game to progress like force you to to make noise and to do things that are going to attract attention to you so you know you're going to get fucked uh like bashing through doors or you know having to like set off certain alarms or noises and things like that uh the enemies themselves especially like the the main ones are pretty fucking terrifying like mama uh, that's her name right mama 
Um, yeah. She's awful. Just straight up awful. Um, yeah. So I, I highly recommend it. Uh, do you have any questions before I just give out some information about this game, uh, Vance, or anything else to say, Ian? Great. <laughs> no one can see you shake your head. That's. <laughs> I said. I said no. I'm good. I didn't hear you, but Vance over there shaking his head. Um, uh, no, Red Barrels is the developer currently early access. Let me see if they have any kind of. Uh, price will not change. Price is not going to change. Uh, during early access, but they will increase it for the full version. So get on it. Get in on it now because it's not. A lot of times when you think early access, it's like, oh, it's not a complete game or whatever. And yeah, they have more content to give out, but the game and its mechanics are fully fleshed out. There's, it's not, it's not buggy. It was a really smooth. No, match. it was very smooth. Yeah, yeah uh, you didn't have any problems with it at all. Maybe some balancing things that they got to do, but nothing's, nothing's. And we played it. Uh, we played it day one. I'm pretty sure yeah. I picked it up as soon as we heard it was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend getting in on it during early access. Um, I was trying to see if they had any like release date, but I do not see one as of right now. Currently 20% off for, uh, the next 44 and a half hours, 23.99, but usually 29.99, which is again, uh, very much worth it for this game. Um, okay. If it wasn't for the, the time sink, I'm kind of like itching to play it again. Uh, and you, 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 you know, if you're a gamer, you have definitely paid a lot more for a lot less. That's true. So, that's true. So. Uh, and and the story is still there too. The story is still there despite it being a multiplayer game that you play you know, constantly. Um, so if you enjoy the Outlast story of the Murkoff Corporation, um, you're getting a lot of lore through this. So um, recommend it for that as well. <clears throat> well, that said, um, since you're you know getting your your values worth out of this game. Uh, let's talk about another game that's full of value in our free fun segment. Right. So the next uh, game that we're going to talk about is a game. It's a free game that uh, I made along with two of my good buddies from uh, game design school who jerk yourself maybe off have shown up. Um. I swear. Uh, so yeah, me and uh, me and uh, Hunter Frazier and Neil Hansen made uh, Veiled as part of our. Uh, so basically, in the game design school that I went to, uh, you the entire you know uh, uh, curriculum was basically focused around generating shit for your portfolio, right? So that you can get a job. Um, and they would give us you know sort of biweekly jams basically to uh you know and they would overlap right so you'd start a two-week jam and then the next week you'd start another two-week jam so you'd have one week of overlap on each one and uh yeah it was pretty brutal <clears throat> and each one had a different theme and you were always teamed up with different people right so it was pretty pretty wild uh the theme of this jam was fear and it was uh it was fear specifically because uh one of our professors, I guess you'd say, uh, was a guy named Brad Furminger, uh, who was a level designer uh, at Silicon Knights during their uh, the making of um, uh, Eternal Darkness. Um, and he was getting interviewed, I guess, by this Canadian television show called The, um, the Nature of Things, I believe. Um, about uh, the science of fear, and they were covering, like, video games. And he orchestrated it so that we could have this, like, jam, and any standout games from the class could be featured. And uh, so everybody else was like, you know, uh, like, fear jam, everybody's gonna do, like, 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 the obvious thing to do is, like, a horror game, and, like, you know, a PT, like, we're not gonna do that, blah, blah, blah. And the three of us were like, no, we are, we're absolutely going to do that. We're going to go full horror. <laughs> we're going to rip PT off like it's our fucking job. And uh, it's going to be a blast. And uh, so um, the jam was very promising for just about everybody in the class. It got extended um, uh, by a couple of weeks. Uh, I think it ended up being a three-week jam in total. 
Um, and then we polished it up a little bit afterwards, but we were very happy with what we had created. And what we made was a, uh, you know, basically, you know, a sort of PT style puzzle game uh, to some extent, uh, which focused around um, a mother attempting a ritual to resurrect her dead child. And uh, you experience uh, this uh, story as you uh, play through this environment. It's a non-linear sort of sandbox environment um, with, uh, there are like, there is sort of puzzle gating, but it's, it's sort of loose and it, it gives you very little uh, instruction. You have to sort of interpret this grimoire to figure out what you have to do. Um, and yeah, you know, uh, for most people uh, who completed it, you know, I think it took, you know, about an hour or so. Um, it was pretty challenging though. So like immediately after we launched it, we were getting, we were, you know, working on school shit and stuff. And uh, we were getting, you know, inundated with uh, streamers asking us how to do, how to solve puzzles. And we weren't going to make a walkthrough, but finally we caved. We were like, we don't have time to answer all of these, all of these messages. Like uh, we're just going to make a fucking walkthrough. Um, so yeah, but anyway, uh, it's a brief game, compact, but uh really pleased with how it turned out it's weird it's weird that you had so many because you mentioned that to me before like how people were having trouble with the puzzles or whatever and i i'm not like i'm not stupid but i'm not like the best puzzle gamer you know what i mean and i don't remember having like a huge issue progressing through that i i well you know people are stupid that, yeah. Yeah, you're all fucking... <laughs> that is the first thing you always realize as soon as you put any semblance of a puzzle into a game people are <laughs> stupid we were well, we were we were even as simple as it is i remember when we were making tether right uh -huh. a like a fairly public representative of a reasonably large independent publisher who i will not name here uh, couldn't figure out that you had to use the key card on the locked door. I'm just, you know, he was in in the first room. Like, couldn't figure that out. Was like messaging us. So, you know, if that guy couldn't figure that out, imagine what you're like. And that's you when know. you get games where like where the where the where they add voice lines for the protagonist. Like, maybe I should unlock the door with this key card. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh I will say as far as the horror aspect of this goes, man, there I remember very like the the one moment specifically that got me good. And it wasn't even like a jump scare or anything like that, but it sent that chill up my spine. Uh there was a moment and this game's fairly old, so I I don't know if this is necessarily like spoiler, it's not like a story thing. Uh but who's ever fucking heard of this game anyway let's be real <laughs> i have man uh but there was a there was a moment where you get locked in a room and i think it was like a knock on the window and the the way i don't know what it was but between the audio of it the situation of being locked in that room and just just the moment in general just really like like i remember getting like that like straight up the back up the neck hair standing on my end that uh, got me really good um, I really enjoyed this game like I mentioned earlier um, before the show like this is out of the three <coughs> excuse me the three completed games uh, I believe it's only been three that you've made so far right that you've been involved with I can't even remember anymore because it's, it's, it's something walk, like that you made walk in the woods you made veiled and then um and Deep then, Dark Woods, Veiled, um, Deep Dark Woods, Immaculate Drag, yeah, and uh, I did Devoid as well back in the day. Devo yeah, so four, but the this fourth indie game. So, so Immaculate Drag wasn't a horror game. So you know, take that out of the group. But out of the horror games that you've been involved with, this is definitely the creepiest one to me personally, uh, and my favorite one. Um, just uh yeah i don't know it's it, you did a really good really good job with the with the environment and the audio and everything like that it just really hit hit me good um yeah so, so we were talking about this a little bit um the other day i mean there are a couple of couple of tricks that we use incidentally we we, we did the uh this was uh sort of a minute ago 
we actually we were actually working on this i think it was very it wasn't long after uh you know paratopic uh came out so it was very early in the uh in the like lo-fi graphics uh you know way and that was like one thing like like we really you know oh you know really meticulously tried to uh uh you know get this sort of uncanny lo-fi thing going on but then the other big thing that really helped with the the sense of unease and this is what you and I were talking about the other day, uh, Josh, is the low frequency rumble. Oh yeah, <laughs> that goes through the entire game, right? If you're where, if you're like playing it with good speakers or good headphones, like there's this constant sub bass drone that really is uh, quite unnerving. Yeah, I remember. I had, I because I was using um, even even like because now my good headphones are in my booth, but when I played this, I had my good headphones like out here. Uh, I was using like bare dynamic headphones too, and they were the bass was like, like, <laughs> like right there, the, constantly, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's a, uh, it's very stress inducing. But um, I really enjoy another it. cool things that we whipped up for this, like there is a dynamic ghost. This is actually a ghost that wanders around, and it whispers, so you can hear it when it gets close to you. I don't think you told me. Yeah, and it can it can interact with the environment in interesting ways. Like you know, it can open and close doors, and it can trigger events, turn lights on and off. Like I, I remember that, but I didn't realize it was like just dynamic. It was, I didn't. Yeah, know. it's all dynamic. Uh, uh, you know, we really wanted to do that. And then there are there are the scripted scares as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, for for something that we threw together in in uh, you know three weeks, you know, using the famous. Uh, HQ residential house, you know, asset set from the Unity and Unreal asset stores. You know, I think, uh, you know, I'm very, yeah, really, very proud of it. Well sure. done. Uh, I, I know uh, you don't like uh, first person Vance and that the pentagrams are like lame or whatever, but I still recommend it. I think it's a worth a worth an hour of your time. Yeah. No, I, uh, I started it. Um, and, yeah, I, I found the grimoire, and the puzzles looked interesting. They looked like something that I would like to try to solve. Uh, unfortunately, I did just uh, start feeling sick playing it uh, because of the first-person aspect. Don't pull the rev and now. The mouse, well, the mouse okay. sensitivity is also, um, like, it's it doesn't have any smoothing on the uh, mouse sensitivity, which, um, now it's increased. a very, it's very no frills. Uh, for yeah, sure. yeah. There's it, no accessibility, that, no, no yeah, audio that life settings. The, uh, the motion sickness, oh, yeah. um, compounds it as well. So it, it, I got sick even faster than like usual playing. So, but, uh, yeah, it did, it did look interesting. And I was, I did find that grimoire with the descriptions of the puzzles, and I like puzzles, right? I like adventure games and, and things to figure out and think about and solve. And those looked like interesting things that I wanted to tackle. It just I was not physically um, able to continue playing it. I, I enjoy your, your Photoshop cutout of the cell phone. Right, too. you like that? I like the, the, old the Nokia. Nokia. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I definitely, you know... It's funny. I, I'd have to look and see if I even still have access to the source for this uh, for this game because it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to up, update it with some of those quality of life. Uh, I was going to uh, say it's probably elements. not too hard, right? No, like things like like you know mouse sensitivity and stuff like that's that's easy. We just weren't thinking about it at the you know the time yeah, we were sure, yeah. so fast. Um, and and I'll be honest. I mean, I really didn't start thinking about that stuff until drag until i was like okay this game's gonna be on steam like people are gonna be looking for certain like quality of life settings and i just need to like nut up and take the time and make them yeah um you know uh uh so you know you live in you live and you learn well, that's man. actually the most revelatory thing about uh about you know releasing a, a commercial indie game for me was like it's like moving out of a an, an apartment right you get all the big stuff out of the way, and then there's just like infinite tiny little <laughs> shit like crammed into every yeah. fucking corner that you have to account for. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, an hour's worth of your time free on Itchy, although, as always, recommend uh, paying if you can. 
support the devs. Although I don't know. Again, if you don't have access to that, I don't know if you have access to that money. If I have. Oh no no no! I have access. I have access to the uh, to the you know to the build and everything on on itch um, and and the account and everything. Oh. It's the source that is questionable. Uh, I'd have to see. Gotcha. Um, I, it's probably it probably is on GitHub. I'd have to I have to check my account and sift through all of my miscellaneous projects. There you go. Well, thank you for making uh, amazing games, Ian, and thank you for coming on the show uh, to talk about it. Like the uh, it's easy, it's work. easy making making amazing games. You know, you just <laughs> you, you just close your eyes and push really hard, and out they come. I just know? can't help myself. I just <laughs> he just literally described shitting them out. <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, thank you for that. Veiled on itch. Thank you. And uh, that is the end of IGR Halloween Edition 2023, the end of the episode. Thank you for showing up, uh, those of you who are here in the live chat. Uh, we are here, uh, for those who are listening edit version, if you want to join us for, for the live recording session, we are here on twitch.tv slash yashinya every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can also uh, support us by... You know, obviously following on there, subscribing on YouTube, following on Spotify and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to support us financially, we do have uh, Twitch subscriptions active. Um, you can do that there. We have a Patreon. You can buy the merchandise that we have linked below. All that sort of stuff. Really appreciate it. Some other ways that you could, other ways that you can help us is to uh, email us some tips for like news stories or games that we should check out. If you're a developer yourself, you're welcome to uh, send us information about your game or you can send us a code, although uh, disclaimer that it's not a guarantee that we will, so if you do send codes, just be aware of that. Um, but uh, it is always appreciated to uh, get those tips. You can send all that stuff to uh, contact at indiegameriot.net. We're on Twitter as well, at IndieGameRiot. You'll find us there if you want to chat. And of course, on Discord, which the join link is again below. Ah, well, do you guys have anything else to say today? No, thanks Hi. everybody for watching. All right, well, happy Halloween, you motherfuckers. Happy See you Halloween. next year.